0: Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, a.k.a. MFKS Radio, on the airwave style at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are gripping for a fall and winter of misery.
1: (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Thank you to Saskatchewan's
0: Chief Medical Health Officer Dr. Saqib Shahab for that great line <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus. It's a good line it's uh, bleak though bleak as fuck Yeah, we're
0: um, surfing the fourth wave with middle fingers in the air or sorry, the PC government is surfing the fourth wave with middle fingers in the air
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, in a boat way far behind the fourth wave, uh, trying really hard not to catch up.
0: Yeah.
1: Or maybe I'm in front of it trying not to let it get me. I haven't decided yet, but I'm like, I'm, I just, oh God, everything is terrible. Everything's terrible. So I've had this discussion at work about how Mm -hmm. everything's terrible. And last year, the beginning of the school year... There was lots of, like, you know People is very fraught with anxiety about Potentially getting sick and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, now I've got the vaccines So I feel like I have some superpowers Um, but also It's just, like, I'm not as worried About getting sick anymore as I am About just, like, this dragging out For another 18 months
0: Yeah, I'm not afraid of getting Sick anymore, I'm fucking angry Yeah The fear has been Replaced by anger and that's not good.
1: <laughs> no, and it's infuriating listening to elected officials just be like, oh, well, best summer ever. It's fucking October, first of all. It's not summer anymore. Uh, and it wasn't the best summer ever. I saw a little infographic today that said that however many people uh, had died in 2020 up until so- the end of September in 2020, 68 people had died from coronavirus between, like, May of 2020 and September of 2020 in Alberta. Mm-hmm. And in the last, like, three days, we've had that many die. Yep. Uh, so, uh, good job, guys. Super proud. Super happy. Super happy to be living through um, a historic event. That's a fun... That's a <laughs> fun... End times. Yeah, living through the end times is good. I like living through unprecedented happenings. It's good. I really enjoy not knowing what's coming next.
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: but also being able to tell exactly what's coming next because I have half a brain and could like figure it out just by thinking
0: absolutely especially because you're like we're all like hard now you know yeah (laughs) we're all like fucking jaded we've adapted. well not all of us clearly but the ones who have followed and done things well we've We've been resilient, but now we're just fucking tired.
1: Like, last night, uh, we had a football game, and afterwards, during the football game, someone texted me a thing saying that there was, like, a potential going to be a a shutdown, full-on lockdown in Alberta as of October 4th. And I was like, well, no, there's not going to be a full lockdown in Alberta because there never has been a full lockdown. Uh, And second of all, if I have to teach online again, I might go on stress leave. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. I don't want to teach online again. I don't I don't want to. It sucks. It's the worst. And for people who have chosen to do so, kudos to you. This is not me shitting on that choice. This is saying for me it's bad. I don't want to have any part in teaching online again. And so at the end of the football game afterwards coaches and I we went for beers and it was great and we were kinda of talking a little bit about it. And I was just like, like if I have to teach online again and thinking of the classes that I'm teaching and the kids that I'm teaching Like, no. Yeah. I don't. I don't want any part of that. Yeah, absolutely not. And it's like, you have done enough. You know. Yeah. Like. And then there's like other people, and like again, no, I'm not shitting on anyone for like the fact that they're allowed to work from home or able to work from home, and like I think that's great, and I think that hopefully when we come out of this in 2027, um, that like maybe there will be a shift in how we look at office culture and all those kind of things and I don't think that's a bad thing I think that that's actually probably a very good thing that will come out of this um my job I can't do from home yeah and so like all of the people who really wanted to go to the Calgary Stampede and whatever other fucking end of summer concert that was in Calgary there was just like 800,000 people standing around in a pit like good I'm glad (sighs) that you enjoyed yourself Like, I'm, I'm super happy for you that you enjoyed yourself, but like, please tell me that you don't care about other people without actually telling me that.
0: Your actions say enough. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, I'm so, I'm so over it. I'm so over people not getting vaccinated and I'm so over the fucking misinformation about vaccines, I'm so over people thinking it's not that bad. Like, I asked Chris if he wanted to come on and talk about it, because he's been working a lot of ICU lately. And he said, no, just say it's bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that's the quote you can take. It's it's extremely bad. Yeah, and, like, the part that, to me, I just don't get is, like, it's now today's september the 30th uh so it is now basically like 18 full months yeah since things got real bad in more than 18 months because it in alberta last year it was march 15th was when they shut basically everything down the schools were kids were sent home from school or on that sunday it was saying like schools were shut down as of the next day so it's been over 18 months and like how are we still in, how are we in a worse spot now than we were yeah. a year ago that's the part that is absolutely fucking mind blowing to me because a year ago we didn't have the vaccines there wasn't like a little yeah. safety net and now we have them and yet there are what did you say 309 people in the ICU Uh, I believe so. It's over 300. It's over 300, which is more, which is over our regular ICU capacity province wide. And there's like, I don't know, 25,000. Like, I have no idea how many active cases. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous right now. I don't understand how we're in a worse spot now than we were a year ago.
0: I don't either. I just don't get it. I really don't get it. And I don't get how people just. Like, if if you're not vaccinated right now, and you're protesting, protesting outside of a fucking hospital, like, you need to fucking check yourself, bro. Uh-huh. Why are you preventing other people from getting care? The doctors and nurses and people saving your fucking life do not
1: appreciate this. Well, I read something yesterday that, like, there are unit clerks who are are answering phones at work and being threatened and harassed by Of course people. they are. And of
0: course and of course, course, they are. And, sure of course
1: and of course they have to they have to answer the phones because it's like could be patients' family you know, like patients' families mm-hmm. are calling to check in or getting, you know, calls from other units in the hospital or uh, from a pharmacy or whatever. So they can't not answer the phone. But like here they are, these people that are answering the phones And having to deal with shit like this While they're in the middle of a public health crisis That is legitimately, like Legitimately of the government's making Like, to me, this is This is, all of this from, like, I don't know What month are we at? This is almost October From, like, May onwards, everything bad that's happened COVID-related in this province is because of the government Yeah And not because of anybody else because people are going to take cues from their elected officials, so for better or for to worse. That,
0: to that end, our new health minister, I want you to listen to the wording about um, his response to a letter he received from, uh, or AHS received, from certain like businesses objecting to vaccination policies. So he says, the claims in this letter don't reflect good science or healthcare advice and should not influence any decision on vaccination. I urge Albertans to make their decision based on credible information from trusted physicians. This is what makes me fucking angry, this next sentence. When you're ready to get that first dose, please check out blah 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 to find the most convenient option for you. No, you can't have three sentences of this is factually incorrect and then end it with a soft when you're ready please pretty please. Like <sighs> when has there ever been a time for stronger language than now?
1: God, they suck so much. Um I'm just reading something. I don't know. Uh something about this press conference apparently. That's happening right now. Um, that Kenny announced a vaccine mandate for public sector workers, or like a negative PCR test. Yeah, that you
0: have uh, to
1: pay for yourself. That you have 150 to pay for bucks
0: yourself. every three days or
1: whatever the fuck. Yeah, so get your get your vaccines. But I don't know. I don't have any more details on that. I'll have to look that up later. Like I just. Oh, anyway, this is, like, much longer than we were going to talk about this, which just know. makes me so fucking angry that, like, here we are, 18 months later. Be- remember last year, we were like, <laughs> unprecedented times. Like, I remember last March and April when people were, like, watching Tiger King and, like, just doing stuff yeah. and, you know, having, like, Zoom happy hours with their friends. And now it's like, oh, now I get to go back to only seeing my parents outside of work because this, uh-huh. like, small, very vocal, very stupid minority of people in this province can't get a fucking shot in their arm.
0: Yeah. And not even this province. It's, you know, Saskatchewan's and having a shit time, too, because of the same reasons, right? Yeah. And they've got even less resources than Alberta does. Well,
1: they have fewer resources and a, and a much more spread out population, yeah. too. So, like, those northern communities especially are going to get hit super hard, again, because there's just a lack of good accessible health care. Yeah, it's
0: <sighs> fucking ridiculous. Who's that good uh, reporter with the journal, Paula... What's her name? Sorry. I'm just trying to find people on Twitter who might be tweeting about this. Oh, update.
1: Paula Simons? Yes. She's a senator now, so she doesn't talk about those things anymore. Oh, yeah. Fuck.
0: I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, she doesn't uh, She doesn't do that stuff anymore. Um, the other thing, though, that I was thinking is that, like, if we could talk for just one second about the very delicious irony of the Alberta government uh, asking the military for help... <laughs> Uh, in a in a country that uh, apparently has done Alberta dirty for the last however many years by, like, taking all of our equalization money and giving it out to all of the rest of the province, which, like, fucking Jason Kenny, you know how the formula works. You goddamn made it up. But anyway, if we could just talk about the irony of Alberta asking for help from the military of a country that they feel they don't... doesn't really represent their best interests. mm mm-hmm. um, And just doing that, like, legitimately seriously and be like well we need help and so we're going to get it from the military. We're not going to actually ask the federal government because that's too far. But well ask well the military. they've also
0: turned down help from if you can believe it Newfoundland and Labrador I know <laughs> who offered help and they were like mm, no thanks. How embarrassing it really how embarrassing, is embarrassing. It is and embarrassing. Newfoundland and Labrador is like what do you need I'll help you <laughs> mm-hmm. of all the places like it's P-E-I if P E I game <laughs> was like we see you're struggling. Our teeny tiny
1: teeny tiny Brahmins uh. Yeah. I know. It's just like whew Yeah. Yeah, he's it's bad. It's real bad. Also, somebody made a joke today about uh Jason Kenney's um, video for Truth and Reconciliation Day, which I thought was like, quite a, quite, one of my friends made it, quite a good joke. He's like, how much do we want to bet that he bought that orange shirt at the Hudson Bay? And I was just like. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Boy. <laughs> oh, here's a sports related thing we can talk about. I like sports. Suck. <laughs> sports. Let's carry on. I'm done with vaccines and COVID. Let's talk about sports.
0: (laughs) Well, recently, the Team Canada brand has Uh switched their supplier from Hudson's Bay to Lululemon. Uh Mm-hmm. So, how much do we expect Hudson's Bay, or sorry, Hudson's Bay, Team Canada, anything, to cost now? $70 for a pair of mitts?
1: Potentially. I think that is the one downside uh, of that. But uh, it is nice that um, they're moving away from, like, the colonial overlords. So, good job, Team Canada.
0: Yes. And I do appreciate that change, but... (laughs) It's still not exactly an inclusive choice. Unless they have some sort of cap on what they're, like... Going to charge, like you'd yeah. hope that Team Canada would have that in mind as well.
1: Yeah, you would hope. You but, would hope. Oh, you can
0: already shop it here. I uh, will. I'll tell you how much it costs.
1: Shop the collection. Um. Yeah. So that's uh. though that, I did see that. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was uh. I thought that was an interesting development. Um, And I know that there's like lots of problems with the Hudson Bay. Like, I get it. I understand. Um, But I do really love the, like, the four colors of the stripes. Yeah. It's just so good and neat and tidy and classic, you know? Uh Uh-huh. I agree. Okay, well, a Team Canada crew cut t-shirt is $58. That is so fucking expensive.
0: Oh, my God. A long sleeve shirt is seventy eight. Oh my god! A sweater is over a hundred dollars. Oh my god! Of any type, right now. Maybe. bottles forty four dollars. Maybe they should have One like hat. Thirty eight dollars.
1: Oh, listen loose. to this. So here's a breaking news Sorry, I know we are going to talk about the pandemic, but this is what I just found. One of the guys from City TV who I follow for like all COVID related things because he's very very. Um, very very good um, Alberta announces mandatory vaccinations or proof of negative tests for public service employees the government requirement of proof of vaccine or regular negative tests will apply to about 25,000 employees and Kenny says the government will write to school boards to ask them to follow similar policies for all of their employees including teachers that would be interesting but still you're I'm asking. asking fuck off just tell yeah I know, I know. But anyway. If you want to get was... public
0: money, guess what? You have to fucking keep yeah. the public safe.
1: Like, it's Jesus true. Christ. It's true. Oh. <sighs> anyway, moving on. Um, maybe I think the Team Canada should change their plans and go from Lululemon uh, to Roots because it'll probably be cheaper. Um, anyway.
0: But, but Roots it. still
1: has gone quite expensive in the last little bit. Yeah, but I I think you could probably still get like t-shirts and stuff for reasonably expensive, like reasonably cheap rather, or relatively in comparison to like a Lulu t-shirt. That's a lot of money.
0: What I really like about the Roots, Roots has tried really hard, is they have like gender free and um, really diverse sizes and things. Yes, whereas Lulu that s- does not. Yeah, that's so not their jam. But yeah, gender free. That's a neat idea.
1: I'm gonna click on that. Um so that's all the sports. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no sports happening. No one cares. Apparently okay, uh, well,
0: there's preseason starting already, which really caught me by surprise.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't pay attention to the preseason. I don't know anything.
0: Are you going to watch any hockey, Megan?
1: What's your, what's um, your feelings lately? I feel like I'll probably watch some. Like, if it's on. You know what I mean? If I'm home and I'm not doing other stuff and there's not, like, better options. Um, I don't really usually get into hockey too much until the baseball playoffs are done because I quite like baseball playoffs regardless of who's in them. Yeah. Um, and then, like, of course, Sundays is, like, NFL football days. And I get up early now on Sunday mornings when there's F one races to watch those for reasons that we don't need to get into here. Um Yeah, this
0: needs explaining to me because I this is news to me. You well, said okay. that the other day and I was yeah. like, What
1: the fuck? Okay, I can it's not like a, it's nothing bad. I'll explain it in a sec. Um but yeah, so I think until I think until baseball's done, which is usually like last week of October, uh, or first week of November, like hockey's not really big on my radar. And then I just I don't know. I find hockey to be, it's fine, I guess. (laughs) But, like, the problem that I have with it is that I don't always want to watch, like, the Canadian teams, right? And I don't feel like paying for, like you right. know, center ice or whatever. So, like, my dad has this. So, sometimes I'll go to his place and I'll watch some hockey with him. But, like, I don't know. I, that's the issue. And, like, I would like to watch the Bruins games this season if I'm going to watch hockey at all. I'd probably like to watch more of them than anyone else. And so, I'll find a way to do so. But, like, I'm not overly concerned with it.
0: I would like to address the extremely funny and clever conversation we had <laughs> this week. <laughs> <laughs> About a certain video I sent you
1: that you were both
0: upset about <laughs> and happy about.
1: Yes, did not enjoy it at all. Uh, it was, but also he, quite enjoyed it. Quite enjoyed because here's my problem with it. So when Taylor Hall was playing in New Jersey, uh, he would go do things like go to like New York Jets football games and like who wants to cheer for the Jets? Nobody because they're terrible. But at one point in time, Mark Maggio, but he was a, he, <laughs> he was at a. I'm sorry, Mark. Sorry that your team sucks so bad. Um. <laughs> Sorry that Sam Darnold is, has more rushing touchdowns than anyone in the league right now, now that he's not playing in New York. I'm so sorry. Um, but, like, when he was playing in New Jersey, they would go to Yankees games sometimes, and there I saw he took a video of Aaron Judge hitting a home run once, and I was just like, I'm so envious of all of the things happening in this circumstance right now. In <laughs> like the video. Two worlds colliding. Oh, in, like, the best way. And then... Uh, and I get when you're playing professional sports, like, I understand this. If you're playing professional sports in a particular city, like, even if you're not really a fan of that team, like, an actual fan of the team yeah. of in the other league, you kind of have to, like, play the game a little it's bit. It's a
0: community thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we all know Taylor Hall's a Blue Jays fan, like, and that's a character yeah. flaw, but I can get past it. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> the video that Kelsey sent me the other day was Taylor Hall, I'm assuming, throwing the uh, the first pitch at Fenway Park in a Red Sox jersey, and it kind of, like, made my heart hurt a little bit. Yeah, it was uh,
0: Feligno and Smith, too.
1: Yeah, and I was just like, oh god, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, but I was also like, but also it's Taylor Hall. It was very confusing, I did not like it. You are feeling a lot of conflicting emotions. I was feeling a lot of conflicting emotions. It was very stressful.
0: But is there anything more, you know, relevant than that type of situation right now?
1: Oh, every emotion that I've had in the last three weeks has been a conflicting one. So, yes, it's it's perfectly (laughs) fine. (laughs) Everything, like, every single thing that I have felt about any situation, except for the COVID situation, has been conflicting, because COVID is just rage. Um, but everything else, conflict. Um, okay, the F1 thing. Yes, what is car racing? Are you shitting me? Okay, so, at work, of course it's because of work, uh, at work, we like to gamble on things. So, we do a hockey pool every year, and we have a little darts league, and, you know, etc, etc. And, like, every once in a while, we've done, like, a Champions League pool, and there's always, like, an NHL playoff thing, and... There was something else. We do baby pools when people in the department have, you know, have babies and all that kind of stuff. So, like, we just like to, mostly we just like to give each other our our money and then hopefully win it back at some point in time. Uh, And so last year, because of the circumstances surrounding the year and whatnot, and, like, we were sort of limited from how much interaction we were supposed to have with other staff and whatever, there were three of us who would eat lunch together pretty much every day when we were, you know, teaching in person in the building. Um, and then there was another guy who was on a temporary contract last year. And I can't remember if he was there in the first quarter, uh, but I know he was there by quarter two. Um, and so then he kind of joined. And so what we did, the four of us, uh, is we did an F1 draft. And so there's 20 drivers in formula one, there's 10 teams and each team has two drivers. And so we did a draft of the, of the drivers And it was just a a snake draft, just really with only four of us. And I got the first pick. Did
0: you take Lewis Hamilton?
1: I did take Lewis Hamilton. And so, and I ended up winning by, like, a lot. Uh, Because we only went until the end of June. Because the guy on the temporary contract, we didn't know if he was going to be back in the fall. And so, we didn't want to, like, extend it or whatever. So, I ended Hmm. up winning by quite a lot. So, I took Lewis Hamilton... And then he got points in most of the races. And then I had one driver, Lando Norris, who got points in every single race that we kept track of. And I think we had, like, 10 or 11 or whatever. And then we just took the whatever step driver points were in, like, the actual F1 point system. Those were the points that we got awarded. And... Okay, gotcha. And so, like, I don't have, like, a super vested interest in it because whatever it is, what it is. And I kind of got roped into it. Cause like, Hey, we need a fourth person. You're doing this. I'm like, okay, I guess I don't get a choice. And then I won. So it was good. Um, <laughs> so then I everything cared just like, better when more. You win. everything is so much better when you win. And so anyway, what I learned, like, I don't hate F1 stuff. And like NASCAR is dumb. Cause it's just, they just turn left for two hours. Um, and like, I find that incredibly boring to Did watch. Do they ever turn right? No. Cause the track goes that way it's yeah, just but why a, it's couldn't just a noble just,
0: why couldn't you just start
1: in the opposite direction because they just don't god it's so stupid it, it's really dumb um but so f1 I think there's maybe a little bit more strategy involved in like the actual racing and whatnot and there's also the Netflix documentary drive to survive and so the guys at work were like you need to watch this you need to watch this I'm like stop telling me what to do um and then <laughs> 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 Finally, I watched, like, the first couple episodes of the first season, and it was fine. Like, it was interesting. Um, but then I was bored because there was, you know, nothing going on because we were in another fucking shutdown or whatever. You can only talk to two people outside of work. Um, and so I just watched my way through the three seasons that were on there, basically. okay. And then you get to kind of know the, like, you get to know the personalities of the drivers a little bit and and all that kind of stuff. And and it was interesting enough. And so then because we had done this draft and I'd watched the documentary and blah, 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 watching the races, I was like, oh, interesting. Um, And so now I don't set an alarm for any of the races. But if I wake up, I'll watch it. And they're all in Europe, are they not? They're all... There's... Well, coming up, there's one in Mexico, one in Brazil, and one in the States. And so those are, like, reasonable times. But, like, this okay. one last week was at 6 o'clock in the morning because it was in Russia. Uh, did I set an alarm to watch it? No. Did I wake up at 6.15 on the couch anyway? Yes. Um <laughs> <Don't make it>. <laughs> <laughs> So I just laid on the couch and watched the race, and then I went and had a nap. Um... And I don't mind it. It's interesting. And what I've decided I like the best, because right now Lewis Hamilton is like two or three points ahead of Max Verstappen in the the driver's championship race. I like it better when the races aren't the two of them jockeying for one and two. I like it better when there's like some interesting things happening. Right. Right. Because then, you know, especially, like, in this race on Sunday, uh, Hamilton started, like, fourth or fifth or sixth or something, and uh, Verstappen started at the back of the pack because he took a penalty for changing his engine. I don't, wasn't really paying enough attention. And Hamilton ended up winning, and Verstappen ended up finishing second, and he came from 20th all the way up to second, which is, like, pretty impressive, all things considered. And so, like, those kind of things are interesting. And now, of course, we have a different pool. So we each, we had to, like, pick which combination of drivers in, like, four different... Sort of groupings, we're gonna get more points, and then each week we also pick a poker chip that has a placing on it, and then we pick two drivers' names out of it, and you get extra points if either one of your drivers finishes in that place or one off from that place. So there's like seven or eight of us involved, and yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so now the reason I didn't want to watch uh, Drive to Survive at first was because I knew if I did and then admitted that I did, that that's all we'd ever talk about. I was a holdout for a very long time But now that people are like back to eating lunch In our workroom And stuff again um, There's more people who don't pay attention And so now it's not the only thing that we talk about But last year when It was just like the three of us That's all we would have talked about If I had admitted to watching Drive to Survive It wasn't until like I don't know Week three in June Where I was like oh yeah I'm like halfway done season two (laughs) and they were like what you haven't talked about it i'm like no of course not i'm not an idiot um
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah so hopefully i just want to win i don't care i don't have a huge vested interest i just want to win okay well
0: yeah
1: that's <laughs> that's the headline maybe it mm-hmm. just wants to win Megan just wants to win. Yeah, so that's the F1 thing. And it's fun, too, because two of the guys that, like, watch it on a regular basis, we have our little, like, group chat, and we just uh, text back and forth about stuff. And I'm convinced that the guy who's in charge of the Red Bull team uh, has bodies buried on his property. Oh, really? Who's yeah. Who's this person? Uh, his name is Christian Horner. He's married to, to Ginger Spice, and he's a British man with perfect teeth, and someone who's, like, never trust a British man with perfect teeth.
0: Christian Horner. Uh, and...
1: Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm convinced that there are bodies buried on his property somewhere.
0: Oh, no. He's married to Ginger.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was. There was a an incident at a race. Uh, yeah, there was an incident at a race a few weeks ago, and somebody on uh, Twitter called him. Uh, said that his new nickname was Winderspice, and I was like, "That is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life." Holy shit! <laughs> and it was it. It was a tweet that got like very little traction. It just happened to show up because I was looking for some, like, F1-related stuff, and I was just like, oh, man, that's so funny. And then I sent it to someone else, and they didn't get it. And I was like, ugh, come on.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's why I watch F1. Uh, it's a thing.
0: Okay, I have... Here's the thing that I want to say to you that you're going to be mad about.
1: Oh, my God, what? I watched The Dead Don't Die. Yep. Yeah. And I hated it. I am not surprised (laughs) in any way, shape, or form. I enjoyed it. I thought it was very entertaining, but it's 100% not everyone's cup of tea.
0: Well, like, what made it so unpalatable to me is that it's supposed to be this like okay what if zombies like really happened in a small town and you've got like a whole bunch of characters and everyone's like essentially standing around saying it can't be zombies Mm -hmm. but there's it's so Mm blase that i thought the wit that it was attempting just was not successful
1: the funniest part, the funniest part I think, of the entire movie was when uh what's his name? Is it Ronnie? Oh, Adam Driver's know. character. This was like a
0: month ago, Megan.
1: Oh, so you case okay, so when Adam Driver's character pulls out his keychain and he's got like a fucking whatever from Star Wars on his keychain. I was like that was the funniest part of the movie to me. I thought that was just like A plus. Very good. Well that's um,
0: not that's not
1: in the script. No, but that that's that just why, did that for fun? Of course, and that's why I thought it was so funny because it was just like a nod to, you know, all of the other things. And I also very much enjoyed the way that he was like, when he kept saying off and zombies or whatever, and Bill Murray's like, why? Well, he's like, well, I read the script. And I thought that was really funny.
0: <laughs> I think the best part of that movie and the best part of any movie is Tilda Swinton. Oh, sh- she was, phenomenal. she was a fucking maniac in that movie it and was i was like... terrified of her in a zombie movie <laughs> i was terrified of her a normal quote-unquote <laughs> normal person
1: oh it was, yeah no there were things about it that i thought were like really really well done but it's a very particular brand of like entertainment and humor right so i'm not surprised that you hated it
0: yeah, it's just like man. also
1: Adam Driver driving up in a fucking smart car. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, okay, that <laughs> yes,
0: I did appreciate that comedy of you know physical size. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> but it just yeah is a very just the blasé mood of everyone was tough to
1: yeah. swallow. Which is funny because uh, the guy who directed that, Jim Jarmusch, he also directed. Uh, Adam Driver and Patterson yeah which was a huge hit right uh I don't, well, well I mean it was very I mean. cri- yeah it was like very critically acclaimed um and it was just like one of those really I know we've talked about it on here before but just one of those really quiet movies yeah that doesn't like I don't know what the central you know it wasn't like it wasn't like a Spike Lee joint where you're like hey here's the here's the thing I need you to know I'm gonna remind you 87 times it was just this like very quiet small sort of soft film Mm-hmm. And, like, to see that and then to see The Dead Don't Die it was, so it was so, like, such such a jarring shift.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I feel like zombie movies should watch The Dead Don't Die. I thought it was funny. Yeah, Adam Driver in a Smart Car is pretty good. And then Tilda Swinton
0: um, just wielding a samurai sword, which is, like... <laughs> I think I didn't know I needed, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, she reminded me, it reminded me a lot of her in Doctor Strange. That same kind yeah. of, like, ethereal sort of, yeah.
0: But also, uh, but not quite.
1: Not quite, but there were, like, you could see it, but I was just, there were some similarities there that I was just like, there oh, There were some yes.
0: similarities in, in this film. She seemed like literally someone from outer space. <laughs>
1: Tilda Sinton is from outer space? I think that's the general consensus.
0: Yeah, they're...
1: Tilda's amazing. Um, Always that's so... Been. That's so funny. That's funny that you watched it and didn't love it. And I understand. No. Couldn't...
0: Yeah, it was a <laughs> massive disappointment,
1: unfortunately. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. I mean, you know what, though? Not everything is for everybody, you know? Nope.
0: Uh, Unless. May- You're
1: talking about... Ted Lasso! Ted Lasso! Although apparently there are people who don't like it, or are very... Like, the people who, on Twitter anyway, who haven't watched Ted Lasso, are as bad as the people on Super Bowl Sunday, who are like, oh, is there a sports ball game today?
0: It's... Wait, there are people on Twitter who don't like Ted Lasso?
1: Yeah, they're like, oh, it's so dumb, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you don't... Shut up. First of all, no. And second of all, shut up. It's
0: just like I don't I don't understand how you could not like it. It is so fucking likable. Yeah. It's bizarre. Like universally every single person who I've talked to
1: is just like, oh my god, I can't believe I waited so long on this. I know. I know. I know. Including so, myself. Yeah, I know. And it was and it's one of those things too, like if you don't have Apple TV. I know some people are like waiting until you know, the full second season is done so they can subscribe for, like, the month and then just, yeah. like, not pay for it or whatever. Um, man, Ted Lasso is so good. I watched the first season last year after it had aired, like, after it had, had been released, and so I watched it all at once. Mm-hmm. And, oh, God, it was, and I, I think I watched it over two days. Yeah. And it was just so
0: delightful. It's so delightful. I like how season one um, almost ends on a cliffhanger every time. Yeah. Where you're like, ah shit. <laughs> now I gotta keep watching. But like it's extremely digestible. And the you and I had talked about this. The character development on it is so fucking fantastic where people you were just like, Wow, I can't even imagine rooting for this person. They're so morally corrupt fundamentally. And then mm-hmm. season two, you're just like oh, my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm
1: going to cry because this person is going through so much right now. Well, and I think It's incredible. It's like, well, and I think that the show, with the way that they treat those characters, I think it, it's a good ex- sort of, like, fictional example of, like, you never know what a person's going through. Yes, totally. Because it, it deals with a lot of stuff in a lot of, like, super, super heavy ways. Um, but also sort of reminds you that, like, you know, there are people around and, you know, there's a network and, you know, you don't have to do these things by yourself.
0: Absolutely Um
1: But yeah, like, I mean, Ted, so if you don't know, and I don't know how you wouldn't know all seven of you who still listen. Um, also, I'm going to just give a shout out to Sid. Uh, when you listen to this episode, tell me what date you listen to it. I'm curious. Um <laughs> As she told me last time, she's like I'm so far behind and so I'm just curious. Um The pre- like the character of Ted Lasso was created in twenty thirteen when NBC was airing Premier League games. And so they like built this character as an American football coach who like went over to England to coach soccer, essentially. Um and then it just kinda got shelved. Mm-hmm. And now all these years later we have this show and like Jason Sudeikis was the Ted Lasso character in the the commercials and in the little sketches and stuff, and now he's Ted Lasso in this. And, like, uh, he's very good. I oh, think, my God. Understatement of the year? I think <laughs> if you knew te- a Ted Lasso in person, I think you would want to punch him in the face. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I, like, and I think much. that's Way the whole much.
1: point, right? Like, that yeah. is the whole point of him, is that... He And we find out in this season, like, just, I think, in the last episode, why he is the way that he is. Yes. Uh, and you get, like, that really good glimpse into him. But, like, he's just, oh, man, he's just so toxically positive in the first season. And, like, when I watched it, it was exactly the thing that I needed last year. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right? That was the thing, I think, that really struck me about it, even the first couple episodes. Because, you know, a new show, sometimes it's hard to get into. And you kind of, sometimes you gotta, it takes a little bit of work to get into and get to know the characters and those kind of things. But this one, I didn't have any trouble getting to know the characters. Um, and I just thought, like, you know, I like, I like this character. I like what they're trying to do with him. Like, he would drive me nuts. If I worked with a man like that, I would kill him. Straight up. But totally. I, but for for the time and for everything, he was the perfect sort of balm for what we, for what society kind of needed. And I really, really like how his character has developed from that first episode until now. Yeah. And sort of where he's gone to, uh, and, you know, some reading into some of the stuff, but like, it's just when Danny Rojas showed up in season one. Oh, just a breath of fresh air.
0: Just a breath of fresh, just running around that pitch.
1: What did F- he bop. say?
0: Like a brunette golden retriever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was it's like, yeah, it's a chocolate lab, Ben, but okay. <laughs> Just, yeah, oh. just running yeah.
0: his little heart out and yeah. then just struggling with formal clothing this season, which was oh. delectable.
1: Yeah. But, like, just that whole, like, football is life is just like this. It, it was It's such a simple, dumb thing. But, my God, was it necessary. Oh, for sure. And that's what's so impressive
0: about that show is how they balance out the really like dark moments and dark conversations and really like sobering and upsetting things that have happened this season, which with these just like brilliant moments of levity Mm -hmm. that at the end, you don't feel the hopeless, which is
1: so nice. Mm -hmm. One of the things I know we commented on in the Christmas episode this year. So I guess this is very spoilery. I'm sorry. Um, It was when everyone showed up at Higgins house for Christmas. And usually it's just a few guys who like don't have anywhere to go for Christmas and it turned out to be like basically the whole team. Um yeah. and one of the things that we commented on was like just a really nice touch was how when Sam showed up and he had uh he brought the Joel of rice from Nigeria and he made it with what did he make it with? Goat Did he make it with 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 goat? Yeah. But he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I know what it was. He made it with like chicken or whatever or something, just because it so would be more palatable. And then the one oh, of the other Nigerian guys brought his own and made it mm. like the traditional way. And like I thought that was such a neat little nod to, you know, how like, view, how like finding community sometimes means like yeah, you have to give up a little bit of yourself occasionally, but then yeah. you get this opportunity to like showcase who you are. Um, And, like, having all these guys, like, you know, in Higgins' house, like, playing soccer with and, you know, eating on a surfboard and, like, all of this stuff. Like, it was just a fun little Christmas episode that kind of didn't really fit in the whole trajectory of the season at that point, but it didn't really matter.
0: Yeah, absolutely not. It was so fun. That's the thing. Like, the show is so, like, season one, the end of season one is so heartbreaking. And yet the arc of the show is not like I, I seriously don't know how they're able to do this every time so brilliantly is to balance that out like I remember texting you after what happens at the end of season one and I was just like holy shit like Chris and I were just like staring at each other mouth agape like couldn't believe what was happening
1: it was so wonderful yeah it was it was uh it was really really good Um, I think my computer is doing the thing.
0: Oh, no. Hang on
1: a second. It's just being dumb. Oh, no. No, we're just going to go with this. We're good now. Um, the thing that I thought, so, like, you know how much I love Friday Night Lights. Yes. Like, I top TV show, I think, maybe other than X-Files, but probably still top TV show. Um, I think that the last half Of the season one finale of Ted Lasso is better than virtually anything that Friday Night Lights put out. Which
0: is fucking high praise, my
1: dude. Um, like, it is, it's that, that sort of, that heart, like you say, that heartbreak of that loss, and Mm -hmm. they're all just so sad, but, like, Ted is able, and this is the thing about him, like, he's, when he's in a good mood, he's really fucking annoying. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, but when he needs to be that like sort of feelings coach for his team, because he's not the soccer coach, let's be honest here. He knows absolutely absolutely nothing. Um, but he's he plays that role of that like emotional support sort of coach for all of them and he excels at that. And in that last half in that aftermath, like after Roy gets hurt and at the end of the game when, you know, they're all back in the in the and they're in the clubhouse and are all sad and he had told sam earlier you know to be a the goldfish have such short short-term memories that like they don't remember anything and let's just be a goldfish and like sit in this hurt for a little while but then let's let's get out and let's sort of onward yeah, yeah let's onward, move onward forward. but let's do it together yeah Um, which is kind of nice too. And I know like normally in a regular sort of situation, (laughs) this is not how your team would not like mostly be the same from season to season. And I get that, but I do appreciate that they kind of took that, like, we're doing this together Mm -hmm. thing, uh, into this season. It's been, it's been really nice and it's been nice to have like those characters back, you know, so you get to know them just a little bit better and that kind of stuff. But yeah, that last, the last half of that season finale, I thought was just impeccable television.
0: Oh,
1: 100%.
0: 100%. Oh, it was just so, so shocking. Just shocks you to your very core. I have to ask you a question, Of And, of course, this is going to be very spoilery, so I apologize for anyone who's not caught up. But I fucking hate Nathan, I think. He sucks. He's so toxic.
1: Yeah, he's bad.
0: Like, really, really bad shit the last few episodes with the club attendant and this, like, Wonder Kid thing. And he is just, like... They gotta do something. And I know Beard tried to. Uh But... Fucking Christ. is not going well.
1: No, and I think it's interesting because it's such a huge shift from what he was last season, right? Where he was just like the club attendant who had some ideas and, you know, they brought him on to the coaching staff in the first, I don't know, three episodes of the season was fine. And then, yeah, he got kind of got to his head a little bit. Right. And he's turned into this like antithesis of everything that I think Ted and coach beard are trying to bring to the team. Yeah. He's like an egomaniac. Yeah. And it's so weird because that's not, he shouldn't be, but anyway, um, yeah, he's, it sucked when he like even when he tried to use his like position or whatever like to get that table for, at the restaurant. Yeah, um, and I think like I mean I think that addresses part of why he is the way that he is right now. He's got this position it's, like, that overcompensating. like overcompensating. Yeah, yeah, but also he just like there was that scene I don't know was it last episode or the episode before where he had that little little quick chat with Rupert. Yeah, and it just you know something shady is going on there.
0: Yeah, that was, yeah,
1: Rupert like whispered yeah. to him.
0: And I was just like, oh no.
1: Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, no, Nate is not, it's not good. Also, I did not expect that at this point in time I would not hate Jamie Tart, but here we are. Um. <sighs> yeah, but what he did wasn't
0: fucking cool anyway. Like, and I hate that he said, I'm sorry to her, because you know what, you're not sorry.
1: No, no, yeah. I, that part I'm not, but just in general, like, the arc with his dad and that kind of stuff, yeah. I'm just like, ugh, oh, gotta have a little, like, there's a, at least, like, a little bit of empathy, yeah. whereas last season there wasn't any. Yeah,
0: and, and none, <laughs> like,
1: literally none. Until the very end, it. when you see his dad berating him for, like, making that pass or whatever, right, like, you know. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, maybe I understand. But now this season, just that. And then when he has that thing with his dad, and then Roy with the hug, and I was just like, oh my god, I can't even handle all of my feelings about this right now.
0: No, me neither. Um, what do you think Beard's name is? Beard. His first name?
1: Absolutely, just Beard. He doesn't. It have is a fir- not. He doesn't have a first name. No. He I has think a on his, br- on, his birth- on his birth on his birth certificate it was just baby boy, and they never changed it baby boy beard actually actually my real i don't know my real theory is that his name isn't beard but he's called beard because he has a good beard yes that's what i think too the reason that he's called beard is because ted lasso couldn't remember his name and he's like beard he's like michael scott in that way so he was like "Mm, that's your defining characteristic i'm going to call you coach beard and so i i don't know what his name is
0: My other secondary theory, because I think you're onto something there, is that his name is also Ted. Maybe. So there had to be something to differentiate between the two of them.
1: Um, can we talk about, um, Keely? Sure. I really enjoy her character. Yeah, let's fucking invade France with her. Uh, like, (laughs) Juno Temple is great, um... She's, like, she was perfectly cast. I think everybody was perfectly cast. Like, they did not miss, there's no missteps. No. I don't think in any of this. But she's just so good. And, like, at the beginning of the first season when she's just, like, she reminded me so much of the Band-Aids in Almost Famous. Right? Like, Kate Hudson and... Yeah, just, I just—it's just, been so long since I've seen that movie. Do you just, have a more recent? Well, no, but just in that notion that like that like they're they're not groupies, right? But they no. they're hangers on in a particular kind of way. Yeah, you know, and and like sort of their identity is wrapped up in like their association with mm-hmm. the famous people, and like to me that's what Keely was in the first probably like three episodes, right? As like Jamie Tart's girlfriend. Yeah. And that's how, and you know, and she'd done some modeling and whatever else, you know. But, like, that's, that was her identity. And now, like, she's kind of, I mean, her and Rebecca are, like, very close friends now. And, like, there's all of that. But she's, like, truly her own person.
0: Yeah, and she's, like, carved out this career for
1: herself. Like, with the team that seems to be going very successfully. Last season when she was talking to the guys about what they wanted to, like, endorse and Danny wanted to endorse Joy... Oh. Yeah, oh. <laughs> it's just like you're so adorable. Just keep oh, being you. So
0: cute, oh,
1: but Dania. like, yeah, she's and and I like that they have her in this relationship with Roy because I think the two of them are very good foils for one another. Uh huh. In the way that they, I th- and I think they're much more similar than like they would like to think that they are, right? In the way that they deal with things. Um, because Roy just, like, bottles all of his emotions up on the inside, and Keely, like, wears them out on her sleeve, but at the same time doesn't actually communicate. Yes. And so totally, I think that, totally, I think totally, that like, totally. their reactions are so opposite, but they're the same person.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just, like, I can't. Phoebe, oh my god, <laughs> that dynamic of the three of them is so perfect, and just sweet little Phoebe when she breathes on them. <laughs> And they almost throw up. It is one of the best scenes in television history. Oh, it's no so great.
1: Shit. It's so good. And like and but then just the fact that they spend like Christmas Eve or whatever, Christmas Day, whatever whatever it was, going to find somebody who can diagnose <laughs> this problem so that Phoebe can go back to school and tell that stupid boy To that, fuck off. To <laughs> go fuck <laughs> himself, basically. Yes. And like I don't know. There's just something about that having that kid, and she's the only kid that we ever really see, mm-hmm. other well, than Higgins. Nora, but yeah, but she's a little bit older, she's right? More and of a so teenager, yeah, yeah. But she's like the only kid that we really see, other than Higgins' kids, like very briefly every once in a while. And so like it's nice to have that little bit of like interaction with someone who's not part of the club. Yes, totally. Right, just to have that little outside interaction, but my god, yeah, he'd be so funny. And, like, when, you know, Roy's coaching her team or goes and, like, talks at her school and, like, oh, he's just, he's one of the best characters I think I've ever seen on television. Because he's so abrasive and everyone just fucking loves him. Yes! Like, he's, he's just, he's mean and everyone's like, more please. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I, I think just they know
0: how, yeah, they know that it's all bravado and whatever, yeah. but just how he carries himself. Like, I'm just like putting myself into that physicality of like shoulders up all the way back, <laughs> arms at the sides <laughs> yes. and just
1: like left, right,
0: left, right, left, yeah right. yeah
1: so Well, and it's crazy. funny, like, I don't know if you watched any of like the post Emmy stuff because of course like Brett Goldstein won uh, the mm-hmm. Emmy. And he gets up on stage and he's like, they told me I wasn't allowed to swear, so speech is going to be fucking short. And I just thought that was really funny. (laughs) But like, part of his like, character is obviously the voice too, because that's not what he sounds like. No. Um,
0: He's so like, soft spoken. It's really weird.
1: It is very strange. He's very much less gruff. He still swears like a sailor, but he's much less gruff about it. Um, But it was just really funny to watch him as himself walk Mm -hmm. up from the table to the stage. Yeah. Right? Because he was much looser and, like, more human, whereas, like, Roy Kent is almost a robot.
0: <laughs> he's almost a robot, but he's almost, like, <laughs> I don't know if this makes sense to you, but a woolly mammoth robot. But, like, well,
1: I was going to say, but, like, a robot that also needs to do some yoga to, like, stretch out a bit. <laughs> like. And he does more fucking yoga than anyone on that goddamn yeah. show, so I don't know why he's still so goddamn stiff. <laughs> But it's just, like, it's just interesting. And even, like, his costuming and stuff, hey, where he always wears that leather jacket with, like, that little bit mm-hmm. higher collar. Like, there's some very s- subtle things that they do to show. All black,
0: show all black, all the time. All the time,
1: yeah, yeah. Which I think is maybe the only thing he likes about not playing.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, totally.
1: Um, but, yeah, like, he's just, he's such an interesting character. But it's really interesting to me to watch when he is with Phoebe, especially, and how he deals with her and how he's, like, such a softie. Um, Mm -hmm. and, like, when she gets in trouble for swearing in school and he takes her for ice cream, I was just like, yes, good job. Good job, Uncle Roy. I would die to see what his sister is like. I know! I'm, I, it's fun that, like, we don't know.
0: Because she's a surgeon, I
1: think? Yeah. And, like,
0: obviously, if she birthed Phoebe. (laughs) Yeah. Like, sure, Phoebe takes after Uncle Roy in a lot of, you know, loquacious ways, but
1: would love to see what this sister is like. Yeah, I think that would be, I think that would be fun. Um, I, yeah, it's, he's just, he's an interesting character. Um, because, like, as much as, like, it's, the show is called Ted Lasso, and yes, it's ostensibly about Ted, but, like, it's not about Ted. Not as much oh, this sure. season. Not as much this season as it was last season. Absolutely. Well that's because there's such like
0: I think the big turning point was that was having Rebecca like not working against the team so much. And now that mm-hmm. they really are a unit, there's so much more to explore. Like there's so many more sort of antagonistic forces
1: mm-hmm. in play now. Mm-hmm. Which is so- really nice. About Rebecca, at the beginning of this season, I was convinced that they were sort of setting up, like, a Ted and Rebecca hookup, and they kind of were. And I don't hate the idea, so, like, whatever, but I'm very glad that as of right now, that's not where it's going.
0: I know, but I'm also heartbroken as where it is now. I don't want to say what it is, but it was just, I know,
1: I know, I know, but, like... Oh, that was
0: tough.
1: Oh, that was really hard. That was really, really hard. I'm, like... (sighs) Uh, what I like, though, so, like, Rebecca, Hannah Waddingham is an absolute treasure. Um, mm-hmm. And she should be in everything all the time.
0: Chris and I are re-watching Sex Education, and she plays one of the kids, like, super, <laughs> super involved and super pushy moms. Okay. And it, like, took me back. So I was like, oh, I haven't seen her, like,
1: toxic like this before. Yeah, she's, she's great and should 100% be in more things, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the beginning of the first season, right, yeah, where she's actively, she brings in this coach from America because he knows nothing about soccer because she wants to run the club into the ground because she wanted in the divorce. Um, and, like, I think that there's something kind of, there's something kind of beautiful about that, to be perfectly honest, right? This, like, well, sure, this is mine and I'm going to ruin it. Uh, Oh, Megan,
0: we've talked a lot about how we live our lives via spite. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Um, There are some things that I do specifically just to make other people angry. So, yes, I totally appreciate that. But over time, she gets to the point where, you know, she realizes that she has to sort of work with what she has. And it's that episode in season one with the darts where it's like the real turning point. Yeah. When Ted plays Rupert for whatever, and that whole sequence is so, so, so great. Um, as he's talking his way through this darts match, and, you know, Rupert just thinks he's just this, like, buffoon from the States, and then Ted ends up winning. And it's just, like, it's so poetic, and Rebecca is just, like, there's joy on her face. And then yeah. when Ted suggests that she should buy a round for everybody in the bar, she's just like, ugh. Oh, um, but she sort of recognizes that this is her job now, and this is her responsibility mm-hmm. and her role. And since then, I think that like we get more of a good look into her as a person instead of just as like the boss. Well,
0: absolutely, because it's the first time I think she's ever seen Rupert humiliated, and
1: and he's it was satisfying. So cursed,
0: and he deserves to be humiliated oh, because he's sucks. he sucks so fucking much. Like when he says like. I didn't want to have a baby with you. Oh, oh my god!
1: But yes, instead he's knocked up his like twenty-five-year-old's, you know, new wife or whatever. Ugh. Yeah.
0: He's the absolute fucking worst. I cannot handle him.
1: Every time he shows up in the cast, I'm like, oh yes, but I'm also like, fuck. <laughs> I know he's so good. Every yeah, everything he's in, he's great. But yeah, he's just like. This one, he's just so aggravating. And so, like, that moment, I think, in that darts match when Ted wins, I think sort of cements their friendship a little bit. Yes. Um, Where she realizes that, like, she has to stop fucking with him, basically, and Mm -hmm. start doing the things that need to be done to, like, support the club. Uh, And I like how in the, you know, in this season, they've, like, really worked at that, like, that Christmas episode where she's concerned about him because... Things have not been great for him, uh, and so she makes sure that he comes with her to deliver toys, and whatnot, which like I thought was really neat, and it's something she used to do when that she didn't do because she was so sad about, or so like you know despondent about her divorce and whatnot the year before, and like goes to do this, and she brings Ted with her to get him kind of out of the funk that he's in, which like yeah takes some work and takes some effort and takes some awareness of people beyond yourself to be able to do that.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think what's really nice is how much she's recognizing that in Ted this year. Mm-hmm. Like how he really needs a lot more people than I think. Well, I'm sorry, that's a bad way to phrase that. He needs people a lot more than he lets on. And he's yes. super
1: struggling right now. And, and he'll never ask for what he needs.
0: No. But it was really, really nice to see him and Dr. Sharon Fieldstone mm-hmm. <laughs> have a much better relationship this year.
1: Yes, I think. Uh, As I it's think, progressed. Yeah, and I think that it's it's opening up that conversation about, like, that it's okay to not be okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's also okay to ask for help.
0: Yeah, which like considering what we just found out about him is super frustrating Whoa. because it's like obviously Ted, like you knew that at the start and yet you don't see it in yourself. Mm-hmm.
1: Like but he does say that like he's not he d- he vowed to himself that he was never going to let anyone else anyone else's struggles go unseen. Yes, but because he's because he you know, but he felt guilty and whatever and so but it's he was a lot so a child, but it's a lot. It's a lot easier though to look outward and you know than to like reflect on yourself. Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, not that I am speaking from any experience in that matter, um, <laughs> none at all. <laughs> but like, it's so much. It is so much easier, right? And he's that kind of character, who like that's part of his toxic positivity, right? Is because he's. He's relentless and he's unwilling to let other people's hard days go unrecognized. Mm-hmm. And if that means that makes his day harder, he just accepts it because that's what he feels like he deserves it. Yeah. And so hopefully in the next few episodes, he'll realize that he doesn't.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that's coming for
1: sure. I think mm-hmm. what there's two episodes left this season. Uh, was this nine last week? I think it was ten. Yeah, there's twelve altogether. Yeah. Yeah, there's twelve altogether this season. And then there's at least a third season. And I kind of hope they end it after three. Not because it's not wonderful, but because at the end of last season, they set it up really well for two more seasons.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: In relation to the soccer. I also really liked this, at the beginning of this season, how we didn't start at the beginning of the soccer season. Yeah. And it was just like, we haven't won any games yet, but we've tied a bunch. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they were like, it was on game seven or eight or whatever, so it was nice that it didn't start at the beginning, because we didn't need to see all of that. It was like, you know, getting everyone sort of back in and established into where they needed to be. And I liked that time jump.
0: I do too, and I like how they're Like, it's not they could have very much fallen into the ease of writing a show in that procedural format. Mhm. And I really appreciate how they didn't because those those sort of small details don't really matter. Like mm-hmm. we don't really see a lot of football being played, and that's totally fine. We don't need to. It's not really about that.
1: Yeah. It, well, and it, it was more about it, I think, in the beginning of season one, because you got Ted, like, sort of... Because it makes sense that you start at the beginning of the soccer season, too, with him. hmm Being introduced as the coach and, and that kind of stuff. Do you know who I've missed this year uh, in as as much as I would like to see more of him? is Trent Crim. Um I, <laughs> <laughs> The Independent. Yeah, you know, I just... There was something about that little, like, those interactions, the two of them, I thought were super fun. Um, yeah,
0: especially <laughs> when... <laughs> Ted is just committed to eat all of that Indian food. Yes. It's
1: like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't yes. do it. I'm oh, out. God. I'm out. I'm out. So funny. <laughs> so funny. But it's just like that. It's that interesting relationship between like the press and, and the, the sports or whatever. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and just, but yeah, I just thought that it was interesting that of all of the people, um, it would be Trent Krim that Ted would get along with the best.
0: Yeah. Who humanizes him the most.
1: Yeah, and who like is you know is very skeptical of him as a coach, but like thinks that he's a very interesting person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which he is a very interesting person. But yeah, I wish I wish there was more of him because I quite enjoyed him. Every time I he think would he stand up,
0: up, I think he showed up a few episodes ago, just asking I think about the tie streak. Yeah, or no, he did about yeah. the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was the there.
1: He was there, but it's just I just feel like because there's less of a focus on the soccer, yeah. There's less of him. Yeah. There's less of him, and if, if there was one one of those like recurring characters that I would like to see more, mm-hmm. it would be him because he just. I want to see him. this
0: daughter that he has, who mm-hmm. Ted promised cookies to for her birthday, but mm-hmm. they yes. gave to Leslie instead.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, Leslie, Leslie he's, Higgins.
1: He's great. He's really, really good. Um he's good and it's funny too because like he's very much on board with Rebecca's like diabolical plan at the beginning and then eventually he's just like no I'm not mm-hmm. doing this anymore. Ted is a good man. And like Tuggly. that whole diamond Dogs shit was so funny.
0: Oh, anytime they do it, Chris thinks it's so fucking funny when Jason <laughs> Sudeikis like pants like a dog. <laughs> it's the funniest shit in the
1: world to him. It's oh man, it just cracks me up. It really, really does, because it's just such a fun. It's such a it's such a fun show, and it's quite light, but it also has dealt with some like pretty serious stuff, oh, right? Hell, like yeah. it's it's dealt with like you know like w- with like uh, mental health issues and questions of, um. Like abandonment <laughs> by your parents, and like bad, Reba- like the last episode with Rebecca,
0: Oof. and.
1: The stuff with her mom and what we Mm -hmm. learned about her dad, and like, oh my goodness, like, just there was a lot. Oh, even
0: I think there's a very compelling thesis to be written about this show in relation to a fatherhood itself. Yeah, like, every character on that show, even Sam, who's you know. Joy personified, other than Danny Rojas, yeah, or maybe Wonderful personified. I don't know. Yeah, has you know struggles with living up to what his father expects of him. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, oh, it's so interesting. Such an interesting show.
1: It is, and it's like it's not just. And it was funny. I was talking about it at work with some people, and I was like, "You guys should watch this." And they're like, oh, it's soccer. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "No, watch it." Like, it's not just about... it To me, and so, like, as much... Like I said, I love Friday Night Lights, and we all know this. To me, it's as much about soccer as Friday Night Lights was about football. Mm-hmm. Because it's... You, the, the sport is the vehicle for the story. Yes. Rather Absolutely. than the sport being the story. Totally, totally, totally. Um, But, yeah, it's just... Uh, it's fun to watch, and, like, I look forward... It's something to look forward to. I was annoyed that I had to, like, wait for the episodes, but it's nice to have something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, it is, and I had no idea, like, we started watching it, and I had no idea that we were caught up, and then I accidentally spoiled something for you, and I was like, oh, I didn't even know the season was happening right now, I felt so bad.
1: Oh, no, no, it's all good, it's all good, you only spoiled, you didn't say it, you were just, all you said was Rebecca Welton, that's all you said,
0: and I was like, I haven't
1: watched it yet, yet. I'll watch it tonight, and then I watched it, and I just (laughs) sobbed for a while, because uh, I had a lot of feelings about this most recent episode.
0: Yeah, once the season's over, we should have a full yeah. spoiler breakdown because there's lots yeah. to say. And I yeah. hate doing this where you can't, where yeah. you talk around it.
1: Um, One of the things I wish they would have brought back from season one it more because I just thought it was funny was Ted being surprised by sparkling water. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> um, I just think it's really funny how he just can't, you know...
0: Oh, it's disgusting. Uh, and I I'm, I'm I love his hatred of tea. Like Ted Lasso and I are absolutely on the same <laughs> same wavelength for that.
1: Yeah, love it's it. uh yeah, tea tea's fine. I don't mind it. I wouldn't like you know I wouldn't like um stake my honor on it or anything like that. But like it's fine. But I I can appreciate why he doesn't like it. Uh, but the sparkling water thing is just funny to me. Because yeah, it was it's... a thing, like, until I lived over there, like, I didn't know that that was a thing, right? Like, because here it's just generally not. Yeah. And so until I lived over there, I was like, oh, that's strange. Um, cool, thanks.
0: Maybe it's not as ubiquitous, but I know a lot of people are still that very sort of English cultural history here is pretty big still.
1: but Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good show. And if you haven't watched it, uh, my question is why?
0: I think for a lot of people it's having the subscription because other than that, I don't really see a reason.
1: <laughs> There's not a lot on Apple plus right now that no, is compelling. It's true. Something that is on Apple that I quite enjoyed was, um, Defending Jacob, yeah i wonder why well no i mean obviously i watched it because uh chris evans is in it uh it was good it was very well done um i thought they did a really good job um but yeah uh ted lasso's ted lasso's good tv and i wanted i read after i watched the episodes i read uh the recaps i think on the i can't remember if it's npr or the ringer um which are two very different places. Yeah, it's just like holy things. shit. <laughs> um, I can't remember. I just need to. I just need to double check. I think it might be the NPR one. Hang on. Um, yeah. So at the end of the NPR recaps, whoever it is that writes it, they they kind of do the rundown of the episode. And here we go. Here we are. And then they always have like a th- something about like the nice touches, like the last scene, like the episode where. Um, they were getting, whoever it was, was getting a haircut from, or was Sam was getting a haircut from Isaac, like, all of that kind of stuff. Oh, God, yeah. so good. Just, like, little things, right? So just having little things like that sort of taking place. But, yeah, so, um yeah, they, they, this one, this is, like, some of the nice touches. But it also does, it's, it's called This Week in Ted. And so, except for the episode, not this past one, but the one before that was all about Coach Beard, um it's always, like, here's the things, here's the things that Ted said that are just, like, just, exemplify Ted. Like, for example, um, in that episode where uh, Sam gets the haircut, peak Ted is, I want you to close your eyes. Look around. Like, (laughs) just one of those dumb things that he says, and he means it so earnestly. Like, I want you to see this, but also close your eyes. And so it just kind of is this little rundown. Uh, usually there's, like, peak Ted, referential Ted, uh, coach beard noise of the week, which is (laughs) always good. Uh, there's a stealth MVP of the week, and then an assist of the week. Um... And so it's just a nice little link, you know, here's some nice little lighthearted moments from the show that were really kind of neat. And the referential ted are just like, what are all the things that he references and the things that he says, um, yeah. and stuff like that. Because he does, he's a he's like a walking pop culture encyclopedia. Oh, absolutely. In his and I think Especially it's funny because it in doesn't stuff always land. That's not...
0: <laughs> no, because he says like, well, that's only relevant to you if you grew up in the southern United States in the seventies, <laughs> like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has
0: to like couch his references and other references so people
1: understand them which I yeah to. yeah but yeah it's so yeah that, it's on the NPR ones and I cre- the ringer recaps are also really good but these ones are I thought I like the NPR one because it does that little bit at the, at the back and just sort of what's the thing and so in that episode again from like the 10th of September like that week uh, the coach beard noise of the week was oops <laughs> like just you know because yeah. yeah there's always and it's just good it's just it's a neat little way to do recap. Um, and I did enjoy very much Ted trying to learn how the NHS worked. I thought that was just absolutely delightful when he had to go pick the doctor up from the hospital or when he went and picked her up from the hospital.
0: That was so fucking chaotic.
1: <laughs> oh my god. He just
0: like did not stop and I just felt so bad for Dr. Sharon. I was just like, oh my god, she's going to die. <laughs> she's yeah. going to die. <laughs> and Ted is going to be the cause of her death and it's going to be terrible. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I thought that was just really funny, because it reminded me of that question in last year's season finale, when he, or the what, episode before, or whatever, when he was asking the ref to explain offside to him. Yeah. Oh, just, he's do no, really, I don't understand it. Like, just, oh, man, he's good. It's good. It's a good show. You should all watch it. Yeah, Please get invent. on it. He's here.
0: He's there. He's every fucking where.
1: He is. It's true. Um, and he's just, oh God, I don't know why anyone would don't know why anyone would want to not, would want to not watch it. Um, I have a few questions if we want
0: to. Oh God, yes, we need on. to move on.
1: <laughs> uh, they're all from Riva cause nobody, um, nobody really a- responded, which is fine cause we haven't recorded in a really long time. Um, what is the best potato chip flavor? And she wants to qualify this by saying it's not old Dutch regular. Let me tell you how disappointing they are.
0: <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So thin. And they, like, touch
1: your fucking tongue and they just, like, mush up. Ugh. Yeah. So I'm, right now, a big fan of... There's uh, Miss Vicky's. They've got these, like, specialty flavors. And it's, like, uh, hickory smoked salt. Oh, That's I thought you were going to say everyone's
0: talking about that spicy dill pickle right now.
1: I do like the spicy dill pickle chips. Uh, dill pickle anything is great. But, no, these these ones from... Um, Miss Vicky's, the Hickory Smoked Salt are real good. They would be really good in place of, like, crackers in certain points. If you made, like, a charcuterie board, you could absolutely get away with using some of those. Yeah. Because they're just smoked salt.
0: I think... Mm, Ruffles All Dressed. Oh, God, so good. So good. So Lay's no has attempted idea to make I what that an all fucking flavor is, but it's... Is
1: really good. <laughs> Lays has attempted to make an all dress, and let me tell you, they are not great. Really?
0: Um,
1: yeah. Well, it's because they're not. They're like the ruffles are ripple chips, right? Whereas the Lay's yeah. ones are just like, yeah, that's the problem. Uh they're just not good. Um, Riva, I think is hungry because three of her questions are about food. Um, what is your ultimate comfort food? Mac and cheese. Yeah think mine would be a toss-up between mac and cheese and like legitimately mashed potatoes oh hell yeah i fucking love mashed potatoes but like i don't like peeling potatoes and doing the work to make them so probably mac and cheese
0: <laughs> <laughs> well and mac and cheese is a lot less work it's true well, <laughs> and i don't and, like, mean kd kd and mac and cheese are not the same thing are not the same thing. They are barely overlapping in Kelsey's Venn diagram of pasta.
1: <laughs> yeah. Kelly K D is KD. Yes. And mac and cheese involves real cheese sauce, which is not hard to make. Um Yeah, I think I think that I also so when I and I don't know how you feel about oatmeal. Um my mom no. when I was a kid, she used to make oatmeal sometimes on Saturday mornings. Uh, cause my dad would often play hockey on Sunday mornings, but in the winter time she'd make a pot of oatmeal. Um, and she would put like cinnamon and I don't know, I think like allspice and ground cloves like in the oatmeal itself. So it wasn't just oatmeal. And then, mm-hmm. um, she would always, she'd always put raisins in it and I don't hate raisins, so that's fine. Um, and then what I would do is I would get it in a bowl and I'd put some brown sugar on top of it and then I would microwave it. So then it would, like, not be quite as liquidy. Right. And then pour the milk around it, and it was, like, just a thing. Like, that was, like... And so if I were to ever go to my parents' house and my mom were to make me some oatmeal, I would not object. Um, That would be good. I can't replicate it, so... I don't know. I only eat uh, overnight oats now because I can't make my own oatmeal. (laughs) Well, there's some things that you can just... Give up on. You know? Well, and also, like, making oatmeal for one person. Like, fuck. Come on, man. Yeah, you're never going to get the proportions right. Yeah. So, but I will, I will say something that I have made, speaking of oatmeal, is baked oatmeal. So, like, you make... it Which is actually pretty good. So, you, like, mix it all up and just pour it in a casserole dish. And there's, like, different ways. And it's, and you, like, there's melted butter. And I think in the one recipe that I use, I think that there's, uh, there's an egg to help bind everything together. Um... And so you just, like, beat it up and add your melted butter. And then you have uh, your oats and you and some milk and, like, whatever kind of, like, cinnamon, like, that kind of stuff. And then I always have, I always pour um, frozen fruit on the bottom of the baking dish. And then just pour the oatmeal over top. And then hmm. you bake it for whatever. And then you cut it. It's, like, essentially, like, a slice of, like, oatmeal cake, kind of. But it's just oatmeal. But it's baked. And so what's nice about it. Is if I make it on like a Sunday Then I can put it in containers and take it to work for breakfast And it's real good
0: I will trust you on that I can oatmeal as a texture I'm just
1: not Into That's totally fair I 100% understand that Because there are certain things that I don't like to eat Because of the texture What else but I think we got? Uh, she also wanted to know what's for dinner I don't know Um, I haven't thought that far yet. Probably leftovers would be my guess.
0: God, fucking, yeah, I'm starving. I don't know either. I hope my husband has thought about it.
1: And then the last question is, uh, why are men? And I think we don't, we don't need to answer that one, do we? No, it's just a constant question. It is a constant question. Uh, although, I will say, this here, here's a qualifier that I will say. I think sometimes uh, when I ask myself that question, why are men, every once in a while, uh, the men that I'm asking the question about do a thing that, like, doesn't disappoint me, and yeah. I'm just like, this is less bad than it could have been, and I feel like that's not a great way to go about life. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. But it's incremental progress, and I suppose I gotta take it. Yeah, we're not going to move mountains overnight here. No. Oh, speaking of moving mountains, I told you this yesterday, uh, and also maybe this morning, but uh, I have a piece of advice for those of you who listen. Go to bed at some point in time and (laughs) just sleep for a while. Uh, Every day this school year, I have fallen asleep on the couch. Like, legitimately, every weekday this school year, I have fallen asleep on the couch. Sometimes I sleep through the night on the couch, wake up about, like, 6 o'clock. Sometimes I wake up about 3, and then get up and go to bed so i don't sleep great because my sleep is interrupted and whatever mm-hmm. uh wednesday night no tuesday night because it is only thursday tuesday night i was in bed by eleven fifteen, and i was i slept until like 705 and i felt like i could move a goddamn fucking mountain i need you uh, to have a, a long conversation with my son <laughs> okay i'll come visit We'll talk. Um, and then uh, last night, after I got home from beers after football, uh, I read, because I, I didn't have to go to work today, so I read for a bit. Uh, and so by the time I shut my light off, it was probably like one thirty, but I slept until like 9.30. And again, feel like I could move mountains. So my plan tonight is to go to bed. I'm going to a play tonight um, at 7.30, and I should be home by 10. And so my plan before I leave is to like make breakfast for tomorrow and whatever because I gotta go to work tomorrow Uh, and then just come home and go to bed maybe read for a bit and try and be asleep by about 1130 and like wake up about 730 and then maybe I can do that on Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday night and feel Mm -hmm. like a human being on Monday morning that's my plan what a revelation for you I know, 38 years old and uh, finally realizing that when I was a child and my mom would be like you need to go to bed uh, she was not wrong Um, (laughs) (laughs) anyway Uh, yeah, so I think that's probably all we have for this week, yeah? Um, other
0: than it's Truth and Reconciliation Day nationally, and it should be provincially, and province needs to get on board and recognize this day as something that's crucially important, and I don't think it's really for us to say something other than we need to listen.
1: Yeah. We need to listen and we need to stop asking what we can do mm-hmm. and uh, maybe look at the calls to action and go from there. Yeah. Um, so that's all we have for you for this week. Uh, you can find our things on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and not Google Play. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best There's way. There's an can
0: Instagram, do. which I'm definitely going to post uh, the screenshots of our conversation about Taylor Holland Red Sox jersey on. <laughs> oh, you jerk! <laughs>
1: Um uh we have a website somewhere, garbagefirepodcast.com dot com. There's an email address, at Gmail, you can find us there too. Um and uh yeah, that's all we have for you this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. And <laughs> we'll see you in the dumpster. <laughs>